just, let's drop the lights for just a moment. I just want to open up in prayer and practice some of these practices that we've been practicing. As Jen sings over us, just bless the Lord. God just to speak to you today. We're going to do things just a little bit differently today. We're going to enter his courts with just praise and thanksgiving, but then we want to hear his word, and then we're going to respond in worship to the word of God. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts right now. I pray that each person would ask, God, if you have a word for me today, Lord, that you would open my heart and open my mind. And take this moment right now, Lord, to work some transformation in our lives, God. I pray, Lord God, right now, Lord, there are so many burdens that we carry in here, Lord. But as we leave, Lord God, I pray worship is when we say, God, you are even greater, Lord God, than everything that I carry in, Lord God. So I pray that be our heart, that be our goal today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Good morning. Good morning. So we're going to walk right into this. We're continuing the series called The Way. Say The Way. The Way. It's so good because Jesus says, I am the way. The church in the very beginning was called The Way. And, and it's purposeful. It's purposeful. We are purposely choosing to focus and practice on the ways of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. If we want our lives to look like Jesus, we have to do what Jesus did. We can't just like what Jesus likes. You know, we can't just have the mug with the Lord is my shepherd, have the shirt and do some Christian stuff. We actually have to live the way that Jesus lived. I love the way that the Apostle Paul put it when he was speaking to his student, Timothy. He says, train yourself. Anyone have done ever done any training before? Ran a marathon? I know there's CrossFitters in here who do competitions. There's other people who train in academics, train at work. But Paul says right here, train yourself. Say train yourself. That's right. Train yourself to be godly. It's an interesting thought, right? Train yourself to be godly. Think about that for a moment. Godliness doesn't just happen with a tendency saying. Godliness doesn't just happen in life because you want it to happen. It takes training. It takes preparation. It takes practice. Do you personally train 
in godliness. Think about that. You take consistent actions to grow and advance in the likeness of Jesus. Christians, godliness takes training. I'm going to say that again. Godliness takes training. So Paul goes on to say in that same verse, physical training is of some value. So the vegan diet, the gym, CrossFit running, they have value. But godliness, he says, has value for all things. It matters in all areas of your life, your past, your future, your purpose, your freedom, your identity. It all comes by godliness training. Once again, say godliness training. I know that's weird words. Probably you've never said that line before, right? Just to be honest, we don't say godliness training. But Paul is talking about athletes. And back in the day during Roman times, athletes were looked upon as heroes. And they would see them train and run. And they would see them around Rome and around the area of doing this training. So Paul takes that same idea and takes it to spiritual athletes. And that requires us to say no to good things to say yes to God things. I remember watching the Olympics a couple years ago, and they were like, I can't wait to eat a dessert. I haven't eaten dessert in 10 years. I was like, man, that's a shame, <laughs> right? But I'm not, I'm the, obviously, this is not an athletic body of sorts. I'm, I, maybe I'm training and eating as many desserts as I can, right? Oh, thank you, John, right here in the front, second row, in the second row, right? But I was thinking, as spiritual athletes, it requires us to say no to things, to say yes to God, his kingdom, his righteousness. And so will you join me? And this is what the practices does. You're joining me in spiritual training, spiritual disciplines. The practices of our life must align with Jesus, his training. And, And what he says in the book of James is don't just hear this. And Hannah said this a couple weeks ago. Don't just hear the word. And so deceive yourself. You got to do what it says. You got to do what it says. You got to practice it. You got to put it into discipline. And, 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 and I say all this because my fear is for Hill City Church, and this is realistically what I fear most. My fear is for us is that we can follow Jesus for years, yet our lives never change. Think about that. Our anxieties never change. Our anger never changes. Our love doesn't deepen. Our wisdom doesn't go deeply. Our generosity doesn't change. Our hunger for God doesn't change. And we, 10 years from now, two years from now, even one month from now, remain the same. Maybe it's time to practice fasting and praying. Not because it's really cool to fast and pray. No, because we want God more confession, because we need to get these things out, your celebration, serving, meditation on scripture. And today's practice is an interesting one. It's the practice of secrecy. The practice of secrecy. If you have your Bibles, please go to Matthew 6. All right. We celebrate the word of God mildly, I guess, because we're, we're going to Matthew 6. All right? All right. These are the words of Jesus. This whole chapter is in red, all right? This is a good chapter here in Matthew 6, right? Now, how many people, right, as you're going to Matthew 6, are on social media? Anyone on social media? This is a better question. How many people are not on any social media, 
right? You've never been on YouTube or you've never been on Facebook, never. I think we've all been on it here and there, right? Some of us never, we still have our flip phones, right? Right? And you're, you're laughing because you do. You're like, what are you talking about? This is, this is a real deal, right? But we're on the Facebook and Twitter. If you're on your flip phones, you have to push three times to get like a J. You're like, J, right? Instead of pushing J, right? All right, I won't talk about flip phones. But yeah, it's awesome. Your, his thumbs are way stronger than yours. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing. I'm way messing late. But Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we all have these things. And yes, many of us, if we would be honest, we're on social media for hours. Do you know the average amount of time Americans spend on social media in 2018? Two hours and two minutes a day, right? That's actually half of South America. South America's on there over four hours a day. Uh, we are right. We are almost, uh, it, compared to the rest of the world, Asia's horrible too, right? Compared to the rest of the world, we're at the bottom, and that tells you how much people are on social media, which is pretty crazy. 42% of the world uses social media, right? Average American, 2.6 minutes a day. Some stats show that teenagers can be on social media up to nine hours a day. Boom. I was like, nice, nice, right? I know I could get hooked. Have you guys ever been hooked? I'd like start watching one video on like YouTube or on Facebook, and like an hour later, I've been watching two hours of Fail Army. I'm watching people get hurt for like two hours or animals fight. I'm like, what am I doing? It's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm watching the platypus fight the snake, right? Like, it's just insane. And it's so funny, I get there. But listen, yeah, I know, I know. When you're on social media, you gotta watch out for a couple of things, right? First of all, like the time you have. Next, also trolls, trolls. A troll is a person who starts a fight just to upset the people online on purpose, to distract, to sow conflict by posting insults, by saying number one Broncos fan, right? Some people do that, I don't know who, right? And, and they post insults and digressive messages. They do a little bit of criticizing to stir things up, provoking an emotional response. But what I find so interesting about trolls, right, internet trolls, right? You're like, what is, what is this guy talking about? Trolls, this guy's weird. Internet trolls, right? What I find interesting is in me and in others, it's how quickly we freak out over any sort of criticism, right? One small comment can cause all-out war. Everything is so personal. And our comments, you better not mess up my comment. It's very valuable. I took four times to write that down, right? I remember when I was really into uh, Twitter, it would take me like an hour to think of a good line. I'm like, what am I doing? This is not even me. At the end of the day, I just copied someone, right? It wasn't even my idea, but it made me look a certain way. It's crazy how we freak out over criticism. And I believe it's really revealing to our interior state. Our main addiction for many of us in this room, many people, some people deal with physical addictions and, and chemical addictions, but some of us, we really deal, this is for real, and it's all over the Bible, and I'll show you, we deal with approval addiction. And you think, oh, that's not in the Bible. It's all, it's crazy how much it's in the Bible, like it's for real right here. 
the trap of what other people think of me, the pressure to be liked, habitually comparing situations, my, oh, my situation's like way worse than yours, that's why I'm this way, and, or, or, or things in our life, or what life looks like, or what we look like, success. If any of that rings true in your life, you might have, or I'm dealing with, approval addiction too. Looking for the next fix on whatever, you know, Maybe for some of us, and uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'll, I'll, I'll recap. Right? Uh, I'll say it. Some of us, we don't want anyone to come over to our house because we think, oh, what are they going to think of me? Or we don't want to have real conversations. What are they going to think of me? And then if you do this long enough, you end up so alone, so isolated. The very addiction to be liked causes you to be isolated. And I to be isolated. And that's, it's not, only a, a, it's not only a you problem, it's a me problem. Constantly, I'm wondering, man, that sermon was a wreck. And, and I'm like, well, I wonder what they think of me. I, I deal with these on Monday. I'm so sad on Monday. It's so interesting. Like, you talk to me, I'm like, Monday is a heavy day for me. But here's the problem. This is the new normal, right? In our social media-filled consumer culture, having the newest and latest, coolest and different from style to tech, approval addicts is the new normal. It's not like, oh, just some people. It's the new normal, causing so much anxiety, lack of identity, always searching, never fulfilled, an endless hunt for significance. We're looking for significance in all the wrong places. There has to be a better way to live. A life of freedom from the endless voices. In the words of one, uh, the, the writer, Lewis Smedes, he says, One of the fine arts of gracious living is the art of living free from our critics. When we have grace to be free in the presence of those who judge our lives and evaluate our actions, we have Christian freedom. Freedom of the soul that God gives. I love how David writes this in Psalm 23. He says, you prepare a table before, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Think about that, right? Even in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm good. I fear no evil. I still trust you, God. Imagine being so free from the need to impress, imagine the sense of worth not resting on how smart or attractive or successful we are. Imagine actually feeling love towards someone who criticizes us, no longer being at the mercy of others. That's real freedom. That is real freedom. In our modern Western culture, and listen, this is super important, there's so much talk about racial identity, gender identity, national identity, personal identity. But the Bible, this is how the Bible speaks of identity. The Bible speaks of a new name in Christ. A person's identity and self-worth in the Bible during this time was largely rested in one's family. Think about that, all right? So your family name matters in the Bible. And this is what God has to say to the believers, that you receive a new family name, a new name, better than one of being sons and daughters, an everlasting name that will not be cut off. That's Isaiah 56.5. In other words, God gives us an identity not based primarily on family, race, money, or success. It's not like any other kind of identity in the world. This identity comes through faith in Christ. And in Christ, and I, if, if we as Christians get this, I'm telling you it's a strength. I'm not just giving you verbiage for verbiage's sake. In Christ, we are born again 
In Christ, we are adopted into God's family, John 1, 12 to 13. We have God's name put on us, Revelations 3, 12. So we receive the praise and approval of God, Romans 2, 29. In Christ, you are, it's not your education, not your job, gender, race, or achievement. Your worth, your identity all comes through your relationship with God through Christ. Man, that is power. Galatians 3, 26 to 28. I'll read it. So in Christ, say in Christ. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile nor slave nor free, nor there is male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. So this is our commonality. We are family. We are God's family with his name on us. So we train ourselves with this mindset. And as we train ourselves saying our approval and our identity comes from Christ. You are free from approval addiction for you care about the audience of one. And the more you care about that, I'm telling you, you will not be shaken. All over scripture we'll see this. I'm going to start throwing out scripture. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men. And all you do, your job is worship to God. You're not working for man. You're working for God. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man will prove to be a trap, a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. If your worth is connected to what people say, what happens when you mess up? Because we all fail, don't we? We all try not to get people to see us a certain way. But guess what? You fail. I, you and I, we say dumb things when we shouldn't, right? There's moments that I say the dumbest things in the middle of the fight. And I'm like, I said the dumbest thing that you could possibly say. All the wives are looking at their husbands in this moment. Eyes down, right? <laughs> It's crazy how, how we could fail. And if our approval, if it's how good we are, we're going to fall apart when we fail. John 12, 43 says this, For the love of human praise is more than praise from God. For they love human praise more than the praise of God. This is huge. What do you long for? That's what you serve. That's what you serve. If you long for people's praise, you'll end up serving that. If you long for God, you'll end up serving God. And find freedom. Galatians 1, 10. I am now trying to win the approval. Am, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Huge question. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. We must answer that question. Look at your life. Right now, look at your life. Does it look like you're trying to win the approval of people or win the approval of God? Look at our lives right now. Look at your life. What does it show? Are you trying to prove yourself to God or to people? Our lives tell the answer. Our schedules tell us the answer. Our bank statements tell the answer. Our dream boards tell the answer. These are indicators of what we really serve and who we serve. Are you a servant of Christ or are you servant of approval? Listen. As followers of Jesus, we are going to have to make some hard decisions because of our master. Decisions that will not please people, not engage in what others are doing. You will say no to people to say yes to God. You just will. That's just a part of your walk. You just will. 
but it's part of your godliness training. When our identity is wrapped up in whether or not we are perceived as successful, we are set up for approval addiction, for lots of pain, for confusion, and especially confusion in your faith. You'll always feel like, oh, God. There's, there's just something you feel like, ah, oh, there's something in you that doesn't sit quite right. So how do we break, how do we break free of comparison, trying to be more er than someone else, right? Say er, right? Comparison is just called trying to be a little more er, right? If someone is like, looks more fashionable, you're like, oh, I want to look better, right? <laughs> better, greater. Bigger, smarter, we're always trying to more err than someone else. As long as someone else is more err than us, there's this need to be more err than them, right? There's just something in us of comparison or resentment. Say resentment. This is huge. This is huge, especially for those who are about to hit their 30s and move forward, right? I've been reading this book called Sacred Fire. It's this it's a, a beautiful book. But in your 30s, you start resenting things, right? And when, 30s and below, you're in life, you're trying to prove everyone wrong. You're like, oh, I'm going to show you how good I'm going to live this life. I'm going to show you. And in your 30s, you say, how dare you? Put the, I was trying to show you all this time. I'm mad at you for making me try to prove to you that I was going to make it, right? You start resenting. There's this bitterness of disillusionment of life that starts to build. In, in, after your 30s, you're like, ugh, resentment. And the resentment, it's very interesting because we hate how this is what uh, resentment does. It's odd because approval fuels resentment. Approval fuels resentment. We can, rep we can resent the very people whose approval we seek, right? Because we hate how they control us, even though we gave them that power to control us. We are absolutely crazy. <laughs> you and I, we're insane. <laughs> we're like, I gave you the power to control me, to have the loudest voice in my life. Now I'm mad at you for that. You're like, that doesn't even make sense. We gave them that authority and that power, and now we're mad at them for that. So how can we remedy this in our life? Practice secrecy. Practice secrecy. This is one of the practices of Jesus that he gave us in Matthew 6. Jesus spoke of doing good and making sure no one finds out. He's like, I'm going to do some good. You're going to do some awesome stuff, and no one's going to know except me and you. It's going to be awesome. And we're like, what? What? How, how does that feel good for me? <laughs> right? How does that good, feel good for me? Do, do we ever, do, do we do everything in secret? Of course not. Sometimes Jesus heals in secret. Sometimes he heals in public. Sometimes he does miracles in secret. Sometimes he does miracles in public. Sometimes he teaches in secret. Sometimes he teaches in public. But in Matthew 6, Jesus is telling us to practice secrecy in giving, in praying, in fasting. I'm going to read you Matthew 6, 1, 6, and 16, right? Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. To be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Verse 6, when you pray, go into a room, close the door, and pray to your Father. Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what you have done in secret will reward you. Verse 16, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show others they are fasting. I truly tell you, they have received their reward in full. I thought that last one was really funny, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm fasting. That's why I look like this. <laughs> I look like this 
because I'm fasting right now. This is just how I do for the Lord. This is what we do for the Lord. I can just imagine someone saying that. Jesus tells us, stop it. But listen, the command is not as easy as, as it sounds. Being ninjas for Jesus is not easy. I need a sticker, ninjas for Jesus, right? Being, uh, being a ninja for Jesus is not easy, but it's so important. You will see how much you despise or you desire praise, especially after doing good. Have you ever done good and you're like, I need to post this somewhere. Someone needs to know how good I did. They just need to know, right? I mean, it's so easy in, this, in, in our uh, culture to let people know how good we are, right? And in doing so, we're like missing out on those secret moments between us and God. Especially when we're doing good. You have this urge to post it, but don't. So fight. And first, when you, you are doing things in secret, fight your own ego and your need for praise and approval. Second, we are, we are saying in our actions we really believe in Jesus when you do things in secret. That we come to believe that giving is actually better than receiving. We don't just say it like it's a cool thing to say from the book of Acts. We actually believe it. And then giving doesn't become extraordinary and surprising, but ordinary and normal to the followers of Jesus. Because Jesus is our master and we follow his ways. Third, we are liberated from the voices of people's, uh, people's approval, bringing freedom from worry and anxiety, liberating false religiosity, false humility, a fake version of yourself. You can't fake it when nobody knows, right? When, you, when you're fasting, when you're praying, when you're giving, when you're doing good and nobody knows, you can't fake it. You can't fake it. It's just between you and God. Fourth, you're really believing that everything that you need comes from God. My approval comes from God. I don't need to tell anyone my approval. It only comes from God. My joy comes from God. And as you live this out, your heart and mind begins to transform and will find peace in God alone like Jesus. So let me assign some homework right now. I almost stepped on this iPad. I was like, nope. I'm going to assign some homework this week. When you're in line at Starbucks this week, pay for the person behind you and then drive away really, really fast. <laughs> you don't need, they don't need to know who you are, and you don't even need to make eye contact. Just do it, right? When you hear of a coworker struggling, buy a King Supers card and write the typewritten note or write that note with your left hand. <laughs> If you're right-handed or right-hand if you're left-handed. And just write, man, your secret ninja. Right? That might be weird. Don't write that. <laughs> write whatever. Maybe you and God can laugh about it, but it's just between you two. Maybe you, number, or you can pick someone in your life, even an enemy, someone that you really don't like. And this week you start immensely praying for them. All week long, you encircle around their life with prayer for their family, for their finances, for their need, for their blessing. Or you can make a lavish donation to an organization or send a sacrificial gift to a person. Pay their rent. Be crazy. Be anonymous. Ninjas, right? Ninjas. And then all week long this week, pay attention how God is speaking to you. Because the more you start conspiring with God, God's voice starts getting louder and louder and says, that's my kingdom. That's my kingdom. 
do good, speak life, help bring God's love into this broken world to broken people in broken places. Mow someone's yard. Do the laundry. And then don't say, did you see that I did the laundry? Because that's what I do. Hey, Candace, did you see what I did? <laughs> yep, all by myself. <laughs> and she just shakes her head, right? Yeah, I know. What's wrong with me? Fast lunch or dinner and give that money away. And don't say, oh, I just spend $4 on dinner most of the time. Don't do that, right? If you spend $30 on dinner, give that away. If more, more. If we practice this enough, we may gradually be freed from the inner need to let people know. We may one day find that we can do good simply because that's really the most liberating and joyful way to live. Ooh, so good. Trusting God for his approval in Christ's identity. Now that's freedom. That's the life you've always wanted. In Matthew 6, Jesus ends by saying this, and I'm going to read it out of the message, and you can see it right up there. It says, what I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, right? So you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when that time comes. So good. Steep your life in God reality. What if there's a reality all around us that is filled with the presence of God and we start putting, we start conspiring our life, putting our life, steeping our life in that? What would that look like? I honestly believe one of the biggest things that people deal with today is anxiety. It's so much stress to fit in, to hear the right things, to look the right way. And as we look into God's reality, imagine the amount of freedom that you would find in Christ. I read you tons of verses today that talk about this. Tons. And there's so much more. Imagine the freedom that we can find. In closing today, can we get so caught up, so caught up conspiring with Jesus, his kingdom, his righteousness, his life, that this life and the idols of this life, the things of this life just start to look so lame. They just look lame, right? Success doesn't move you like it used to. And the older you get, you understand that too. We move into a stage of our life where we're like, ah, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. There has to be more. And Jesus is, says, I got it for you. I'm putting my name on you. My brand is on you. In Christ, you will have the fullness of life. That I promise you. But you got to trust me and start living in a different way than everyone else. This week... Let's just bow our heads for a moment as the worship team gets ready.
I want you to read that chapter again, Matthew 6. Just write it in. Read it again. If you don't like to read, you can push play on the Bible app. And it takes five minutes to listen to it. The whole chapter is about doing things in secret because God, He sees you. I think sometimes in this room, we, don't, we believe in God, but we don't believe in God. Meaning we believe in God, but we don't believe He sees us. We don't know that if He really loves us. Take a moment. I believe God just wants me to tell you today that God loves you. God loves you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this room, Lord God, that we don't practice secrecy to, to level up on our spiritual game, Lord God. We practice secrecy because we believe, Lord God, we want to be in on it with the way your kingdom is here on earth, Lord God. We want to be in on what you are doing, Lord God. We are practicing and training in godliness, not only, Lord God, to be like you, but like you said, it is the most liberating way to live, Lord God. So I pray in the name of Jesus today, Lord God, I pray that the word of God will push up, push us to worship you today, Lord God. Let's stand.
lifting louder, lifting louder. I'll raise up. Let's sing this together. I can't let it go. Sing. I'll raise a hallelujah. Say, I'll raise a hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Praise unto our God. I'll raise a hallelujah. No matter what you're facing today, God is greater. Raise a hallelujah. One more time, say, I'll raise a hallelujah in our lives praise be unto our God louder louder God louder than our unbelief louder than whatever is going on in our lives God we raise a hallelujah louder let everything else fade away God but praise unto you right now we honor you God we thank you we give you, God, all the praise and all the glory. We love you with our lives and we thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have one last thing for you guys. I want you guys to be seated. I just want you guys to see what the youth are doing this summer and a couple of things Phil and the team is uh, doing with the youth to grow and uh, for them to see you. What, uh, what we see in them. Go ahead, Phil. Hi, my name is Phil. I'm the youth leader here um, for all the kids at Hill City Church. And, uh, <laughs> thanks. And, uh, and so we had an event on June 10th. It was our rite of passage event for all the youth students. We basically went on a hike in Boulder. And, uh, and if you didn't know, rite of passage events in different cultures can mean a lot of different things, but really it's a, a kind of a coming to adulthood um, for students or for youth within those tribes. And like in Africa, you have to go out with a spear if you're a young man in certain tribes and slay a lion and bring it back to the camp. Now, I don't know if, I, if it was me. I would hope that a lion's den was only like 200 yards off. I'd be praying like, God, just let the lions just be right over there because if you got to go out 10 miles and bring a lion back to camp, I mean, that's going to be really tough, right? And so for us, we want to have an event that challenged the kids physically, mentally, and spiritually, but also tied into what Jesus did for us. And so Jesus, you know, he basically was crucified and then died on the cross and resurrected from the dead, right? That was like the signature moment for our faith. And so we wanted to reflect that with the kids. But before that, he was basically beaten to death and had to go on a hike with a cross, with a burden that was anywhere between 150 pounds to 200 pounds. And so 
we didn't tell the kids that on this hike they were going to have to carry a burden, which was an additional 10 to 12 pounds that was going to be in their bag. So when the kids showed up and they had their bags and they're all ready to go, I was like, look, we've got a little surprise for you. We're going to have this additional weight that you're going to have to carry up this mountain. And it took us five hours to get up this mountain. And it's Green Mountain Hike in Boulder. It's a pretty decent, tough hike, even if you don't have the load. And they had to carry this additional weight to represent the burden that Jesus carried for them up the mountain in Golgotha, or the place of the skull, okay? Now, we didn't beat the kids or anything before they went. We skipped that part. But it, it was tough. It's like, in, in my heart for this, it was funny. I was talking with my wife. She's like, you sure you want to do this with the kids? Like, what if they hate you? Like, what if they don't want to do this? What if they're, like, mad at you? And I was like, great. I was like, we want to see those things. We want to get these kids to a place where it's tough, where it's hard. And they're like, where they want to quit. Like, that's where I wanted to get them. Because in our Christian faith, it's tough sometimes. That's life. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And you got to be able to stand up for your faith in those really tough moments. And we just kept reminding them all the way up, like, Jesus did this for us. It gets hard in life. Just keep pressing on. And all of those kids made it up the mountain. Every single one of them. So we're going to show you a video that kind of recaps the event. So take a look. I've seen your face on stained glass and color lights and pictures of you looking to the sky. You've been portrayed a thousand different ways but my heart can see you better than my eyes cause it's love that paints the portrait of your life the face of love the face of love you look more like love every change the world 
one too lost for me to love No one too low for me to serve Oh, let us see, let us be your face Let us be You can have as much as you want. What's that? It's a video, but yeah, yes you are. So real quick, I just want to honor all the leaders that were with us. So Shay, I don't know if Bree's here. If you guys could just all stand up, Brian and Angel, and just give them a round of applause. There was a, just a ton of planning that went into an event, and it was a, just an amazing success because of all the work those guys put in. And also for our students, if all the students that went on the hike could stand up for us, just clap for them. They made it through. They earned their right. And it was awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, John. We're going to just uh, close today. As If the guys can get just the, uh, the offering baskets ready. And we're going to just close. Uh, just thank you that everything that we do, and, and I pray that it is to develop people, that your giving is to develop people. We're having recovery roads on, on Friday, people who are going through addiction. I still want some of you guys to continue to pray about safe families, that you can help people, kids, before they get into the system, that you could be a, a family that could help them. And if you want more information, you can connect with Dean or go online to safefamily.org, uh, which just got passed in Colorado. Uh, but I just thank you guys um, for your giving. And uh, yeah, I think God wants us to do really good stuff around here for our city. And, 
and uh, that we want to lead that charge. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the youth, Lord. How amazing, Lord God, those moments, those green mountains, Lord God, as they're climbing for five hours, Lord, learning, Lord, to carry a burden, and at the very top, spilling out that burden, Lord God, learning freedom, Lord God, from the things that we carry. I pray that we as adults, Lord God, we learn the same things, Lord God, that we would get to where, Lord God, to just to a place where we say, God, help me pour this all the way out, Lord God, and find my freedom and my identity in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. They're going to just pass this, and it, it, once you give, you, you guys are free to go. Thank you so much, and if you guys are good, you guys can go. Thank you so much. Say hello to the person next to you. God bless you guys, and see you next week. <laughs>